0: Thanks, Eileen. Thank you very much.
1: It's the Ray Darcy Show on RTÉ Radio 1. Enjoy the show.
0: Thanks, Jamie. Good afternoon on this Tuesday afternoon. How are you? Um, how are things in your part of the world? Um, we'll have Jerry Murphy on again before four o'clock to give us an update and we'll be going down to the Dingle Peninsula, uh, to Sean Mock and T. and Queen is in Clare and of course Cork and Kerry as you heard in the news are still under a red warning um, from Met Metairn and Clare as in from four o'clock is status red uh, so we'll be talking to them um, and keeping you abreast of what's going on around the country and I see that the with high tide that out in Hoth and Clontarf that the, the sea, the Irish Sea has broken over uh, the walls there and out in Collymore there out, out in South County Dublin it's happened as well so... Um, it's happening all over the country. Mind yourselves, mind yourselves and one of the big things I took from what Gerry was saying to Brian Dobson during the news at one was that it will die down and it may give you a false sense of security that everything's okay but it's going to come in waves. So don't plan anything. Just give into to it, embrace it, watch yourself a Christmas movie or whatever if you can. And... Um, or maybe just listen to the radio. Listen to the radio, yeah. Uh, we have Waterford Whisper News uh, on after four o'clock and they have their annual, annual, or book, or book. Uh, and I was just listening to the news there and Joe Biden was mentioned and oh, th- this is satire now, just in case you, <laughs> you, go, you heard it on the radio, it must be true. No, this is satire and we'll be talking more about this after four o'clock. But this is one of the headlines from the uh, Waterford Whispers News uh, 2021 annual. Uh, violent clashes continue between Mayo and Louth as they fight to claim Biden. See? it's that sort of thing. Uh, we meet the shaman responsible for Ireland's insurance premiums. So more of that. Uh, more of that after uh, four o'clock. Funny stuff. Billy Connolly, funny man. He's given an interview today uh, to the Radio Times and it's quoted on a lot of websites. I suppose on the back of the release of his, his memoir, his autobiography, Windswept and Interesting. And he's saying that he's learned to hypnotise his hand to stop shaking due to Parkinson's disease. Uh, he says, I just stare at it and eventually it stops. It's quite a good trick. We love it. Uh, so he glares at it and it kind of quivers. Uh, so that's that's typical Billy Connolly. Uh, and one of the things he can't do anymore with his Parkinson's is he, he says, I loved writing letters, uh, but now my writing is illegible. Um, my collection of fountain pens and ink is redundant. It's a pain in the bum. Um Windswept and interesting is his book and uh, there's an audio version of it and he reads it himself and uh, I don't know if you know this but I was reading loads of interviews. He, he dictated the book. So it's not, he didn't write it down so he dictated the book so it means that it's, it's, it, it reads like he would say it and of course that means that the audiobook is particularly good because it's one of the funniest people in the world telling you stories. Uh, and Jenny read it, not read it, listened to the audiobook a couple of weeks ago uh, and it was like, there was three of us in the house because every evening it was you wouldn't believe what Billy Connolly said he's the funniest man Billy Connolly Billy Connolly this Billy Connolly that anyway um, I, I trust her judgment it comes highly recommended windswept and interesting Jenny claims the only way to experience it is to listen to the audio book um, we should do so. actually that's what we must do we must do a, a little item on audio books uh, more and more people are getting into audiobooks and, and of course they suit radio because we can talk about them play you a clip tell you what's good tell you what's bad give you an idea of what's going on there that's what something we will do in the coming weeks yes we will um, now uh, Dave was on he says uh, ray at rte.ie he sent us an email in he said I might ask you to thank someone for me that's we'll do that for you Dave uh, the lady in Browns in Sandy Mountain Dublin this morning around 11.30ish who was under a little bit of pressure with children and a buggy who happened by complete accident to knock my table and spill a little coffee. Embarrassingly apologetic to whom I replied, absolutely no problem at all. Have a happy Christmas. This is what Dave said to the lady. Uh, When I went to pay, the waiter informed me she had bought my breakfast. Such a kind thing to do with absolutely no need to do it whatsoever, says Dave. Can I just say thanks to her? I gave the price of the breakfast to the staff as a tip Nice thing for you to do, Dave. I run a Christmas tree business in St. Michael's College on Aylesbury Road there uh, where we donate all of our profits to local charities each year. Maybe if that kind of lady hasn't put up her tree yet, when the weather clears, she and family are more than welcome to pick out their free tree and we will personally take a tour and put it up for her. Isn't that a lovely... (laughs) You see, the Christmas spirit is starting already. Um, So if you were the lady in Browns of Sandymouth this morning uh, with children under a bit of pressure a bit flustered, knocked over the man's coffee. Went to pay for his breakfast. He wants now to give you a Christmas tree for free and deliver it. That that's that's lovely. And while we're on charitable actions, can I just tell you and say thank you if you bought a copy of a page from my life last year? Uh, it was this time last year. We were in the throwswood It was top of the charts uh, in in bookshops all over the country, and people went out and bought it. And and you may you may remember that we guaranteed that at least €4 of the price that you paid would go to Laura Lynn. I can now tell you when all the bookkeeping is done and everything's played and all that sort of thing, that the book raised €100,000 for Laura Lynn. Yay! Isn't that amazing? That's brilliant. So well done, everybody involved. It was 99,740 or something, but we'll, we'll call it 100,000. And, and thanks to everybody in HarperCollins uh, and everybody here who worked on it, um, Rachel and Neve and everybody else and, and Penny. Uh, so that's, that's a job well done. Um, and I think we, we might come back to it next year because it needed a break for a year. We might come back to it next year. So that's that. Uh, we'll keep it going this in this sort of vein. I'll just remind you about our uh, big Christmas thank you. Um, it's on again this year we've been doing it for years uh, so we ask you to nominate somebody in your life who you want to say a big thank you to and a big public thank you to uh, so for example i reminded you you of these yesterday. Last year, Joan thanked Deirdre for looking after her mum in her nursing home. Sally nominated her sister-in-law, Anna, who was her knight in shining armour, bringing meals every day when they didn't have a kitchen. And 15-year-old Gráinne, who surprised her mum, Marie, uh, who's an ICU nurse, who was looking after a family of six while looking after patients as well. So we want to do it again. So here's what you have to do. Uh, Nominate somebody. um, Write us an email to... uh, Thank you at rte.ie. Give us as much information about the person um, and why you want to nominate them. And it might be something they did particular to this year. It could be something they've been doing all their life. It could be a member of your family, a friend, a neighbour. It could be somebody in the community. You know, know, whatever, whatever. You know the idea by now. Uh, And then when we get them in, we go through them and then we pick out uh, a number and we'll do it next week. We get you on the phone. We say, hello, don't give your name. Um, and then you have helped us to make sure that the person that you've nominated is on the other end of a phone line. We ring them, surprise them, tell them that they're on national radio, read out your email to them. And then, this is the lovely bit. Well, it's all lovely, but this is, uh, this is sort of the, the, the cherry on the cake, so to speak. Uh, our friends in Super Value uh, who want to help share the magic this Christmas have given us a wonderful... Cash pot that we can delve into and arrange bespoke Christmas presents for the people that you nominate, um, and that's the way it works. So, thank you at rte.ie. Thank you at rte.ie. Um. Now, yeah, it's it, it's it was it, just to give you, and it's different everywhere. Um, and uh, this morning. Dublin was pretty shaky, and then it's, it's okay. But we're told that later on this evening it's coming back to Dublin. And then poor Cork and Kerry are getting battered, and Donegal and Clare are going to get it later on. Um, and then the Midlands seemingly are the the tail end of Barra are going to get the Midlands. So everybody, everybody's getting a bit, and it's, it's one of those things that's taken 24 hours. And they told us that right from the start yesterday that it wasn't going to come and go in a few hours. Uh, and that's why we have to remain. Vigilant at all times, but we see there that um, uh, somebody's saying that you know, pets you have to keep in mind that pets don't like being out in wind and rain either. They get scared. And there's a lovely picture doing their rounds there. Laura Wall Carroll put it up on, on Twitter uh, of a person outside with their lurcher. It looks like a lurcher. It could be a greyhound uh, with an umbrella over their dog. Now that's dedication. That, that's love. Unconditional love. Yeah, that's nice. Um, Five on ray uh, Our local news agents in Belgard, Talla sent a WhatsApp message around to all the neighbours saying anyone who needs anything delivered today just give us a call. Stay safe, guys. It's wild out there, says 18. And I'd watch a, a Christmas movie if I had electricity. I see 59,000 people that were without electricity. Yes, I'm 70 and not go with technology, says Francis. And as one of the runners-up in the page of my life, so thrilled with the amount raised, 100,000 is amazing, says Susan Carey in Kells. It is. How are you, Susan? Good to ta- it's good to hear from you again. Uh, now, uh, will I tell you about our quiz? Yes, something you might want to do if you're staying in today bit of entertainment it's reeling in the ears and we've got together bits of songs news reports TV shows and movies and we're looking for two people to come on and answer three questions each on what they hear Um, so if you go for a short clip you get two points go for a longer clip it's easier you get one point for that and uh, whoever gets the most points at the end gets a lovely prize and it is a lovely prize today you could win a Cliff gift of an exceptional countryside break for two people uh, at Cliff at Lyons in Kildare enjoy a two night break away for two people with breakfast on both mornings and dinner on one evening in the Mill restaurant Uh, it's just 30 minutes from Dublin city centre Cliff at Lyons is the ideal location for a relaxing break away from it all uh, with all the fresh country air canal walks uh, you can check it out, uh, www, you don't say that anymore, cliffhome.ie, just cliffhome.ie to see Cliff's full range of stylish and thoughtful Christmas gifts and vouchers, cliffhome.ie. So, two people, after four o'clock, and here's your qualifying question. Can you name one of Santa's reindeers? Just anyone, any one of the reindeers. Uh, 0818 715 that's our new number, uh, as in from... Yesterday, I think. Oh eight one eight seven one five nine two five. Oh eight one eight seven one five nine two five, and we could be talking to you after four o'clock. Thank you. Uh, not a bother here in the Midlands. Sun splitting the stones. Fair play to Medair and Evelyn Cusick, uh, Jerry Murphy. Great communicators. Called it spot on, says John Mullingar. Uh, no storm here in Banagher, County Offaly. Well, that beats Banagher. Just a normal windy day. You can't beat Banner Suspreda. That reminds me that brilliant ad for Lions Tea. Remember that? And that was the one that signalled the beginning of Christmas for a lot of people. I think we might get onto archives and see if we can dig that out. Um what was it? It was the line about the grandfather bought him a train or something like that, and, and he was saying, you know, that's Santa, leave the rest to me or something like that. Anyway, a lovely, beautiful, evocative um ad for Lion's Tea, um which yeah, we'd definitely get that out and, and we'd play it for you before the end of the programme. Anyway, 5155 on, five, five on Ray at rte.ie. Good afternoon. Lovely. Sarah Bareilles and Ingrid Mickelson and Winter Song on RT Ready 1. Barry's Tea, you're right. It was Barry's Tea, not Lion's Tea. Uh, the only Irish tea company is that person and it was the father that got the train set. That beats Banner her. They're frantically looking for it upstairs to see if we can play it out for you. Uh, before of the end of the program today, five on five five on, ray at rte dot quick merch break.
2: The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio One. Email ray at rte.ie. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio One.
0: Now, as you know, there's uh, status red weather warnings in place in Cork and Kerry, and there's another red warning uh, kicking in in Clare in about 35 minutes time. Um, so with the latest news from Kerry I'm joined now by Sean McCanty he's down there in Nanawal on the Dingle Peninsula. Uh can you talk to Sean? Coma how are you this good. And from Clare there we have uh, Shefremul Queen. Uh, and Shifra's uh, in Bearfield, outside Ennis we'll get back to Sean in a moment but first you Shifra uh, so a red uh, weather warning in place in 35 minutes as I say in Clare wh- what's it like down there?
3: Yeah, it's it started to get that little bit more blustery, and it's very dark skies, and it's really starting to pick up even in the last twenty minutes now. It had been um like you would have heard on the, the news reports that little bit calm, and especially in the Ennis region now, you would have wouldn't have thought it was that bad, but um like Matt Aaron said, uh, it was predicted that there would be that bit of a calm before the storm, so people are being warned not to get lulled into that. A, a false sense of security so we would have seen you know um this morning in coastal areas like Lahinch and Kilkee there would have been a lot of uh, spot uh, spot flooding and Clare County Council as well have also been dealing with a number of fallen fallen trees tr- throughout the day um, as well there was gusts um, increasing to 119 kilometres this afternoon at Money Point so it's really starting to pick up now and there was a lot of power outages as well in the Cratlow and Kilkee area um, ar- around 1,600 households were affected Um, but ESB have said now that they expect there to be a lot more now in the coming hours once, once the winds start to kick in that bit more
0: uh, And do you think uh, people have heeded uh, Met Aaron's warnings uh, is traffic low or what do you think?
3: Yeah, I do actually. Um, I was out there myself just earlier on, and it was ve- like there was very f- few people on the roads, um, as well. Like most healthcare appointments across the county were cancelled, including all COVID test centres and vaccination centres. A lot of the retailers as well, they decided uh, they weren't taking any chances. So a lot you would have seen a lot of coffee shops, and you know um, there was um, uh, gyms. A lot of them decided to to close of their own accord today, and earlier around maybe the two or three before the red weather warning came in. Um, Yeah, so like people are, um, you know, keeping in and keeping the bins in really, you know, and keeping the the Christmas decorations. I would have seen a lot of that uh, yesterday evening Um, when I headed to the shop, you would have seen there was a lot of people trying to get their lights and their Christmas decorations in after putting them out um, over the weekend.
0: Right, a bit of a pain. A small thing, I suppose, (laughs) by comparison. And and how long is that red warning in place when it kicks in at four o'clock?
3: It's he- it's heading straight into into I think it's about one o'clock in right. the morning. Okay. Yeah, so it it is quite um you know you know they're expecting that it will really peak around five or six six this evening. But like I was speaking to La Hinch Hotelier where you know you would see a lot of the storm damage other years, uh, Michael Vahan, and he was saying that. It, it, hasn't picked up that much now okay. in the last few minutes but he said that um, you know because they've had these permanent structures in place you know to prevent flooding over, over the last couple of storms they're not as worried as other years and local business, businesses have been putting out their sandbags and they're, they're just they're prepared but they're not as worried as other other storms.
0: Okay thanks Schaefer thanks uh, so back we go to the Dingle Peninsula and to Sean Mock uh, S- Sean, you're and Owl You're right out there, uh, nearly in the Atlantic Ocean.
4: We are. The, we're out here, the most westerly point in Europe, right? next Parish America, as they say, and it's <laughs> it's rough enough here. Um, I, I, I'm filming here, uh, looking out at the sea in Balinagao, and, Owl, and I, I jumped into the car for a bit of shelter. Yeah. And it's like sitting on top of an elephant. The car is rocking <laughs> side to side, and the rain the rain is lashing the windows here. But of course. People are well accustomed to storms here, out here in the tip of the peninsula. The southwesterlies bring the first licking of storms mm. to this country, and we, we bear the brunt of it normally. But the sustained nature of this one, uh, as was forecast l- last night, was a matter of concern for people. And we have had very strong gusts of up to 130 kilometres an hour here today. In Dingle, you'll see the boats are all in, they're all tied up. You have a 10-metre swell out there. Um, When I was back around Doon an hour ago, there were dramatic waves crashing in over the cliffs and rocks there um, with the the Blasket Islands in in the distance. Although they were only there for about five minutes, they disappeared again in the rain. Um, High tide, of course, brings a worry later on this evening around seven o'clock. Low-lying areas, like Cremon and Roste, which have experienced flooding in the past. Um, The storm surge could bring... A higher tides than normal there which could pr- pr- prove difficult for people below there um, and
0: I know I know that Kumi Knoll is popular with surfers there um, it is and
4: actually we, we I was speaking to a guard in Dingle there uh, a while ago and they had a report uh, a concerned member of the public uh, um, c- called in with a report that there were surfers in the water down in Brandon Bay but right. thankfully the latest I heard was they had left the the water quite soon after that and, of course, the the the, the, the authorities are sense. advising people to stay yeah. back from the sea and from cliffs and that. Lots of people have lost slates from their roofs back here. I, 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 I saw two here in the, in the parish I'm in at the moment, two houses that had lost slates. slates. And uh, I was inside with a a, a, a man there in Córhagraig, Sean O'Crean, and his house was rattling with the wind, he said, this morning. <laughs> he said it was the worst wind he'd experienced since um, about 50 years ago when the tower... The old World War One lookout tower over Balagha uh, was ha, part of it. Was knocked, so it's, right. it's quite severe here at the moment.
0: Was he afraid? Uh, he wasn't. No.
4: <laughs> As I say, Peter. Well, well. You're used well, to used to rattle, chest. Yes, yeah. well used to it, yes. Well used getting rattled by winds back here. Yeah. Um, and honestly, what does Sean stand st- standing out in it? A bit more.
0: Can I ask you standing out in it there with your with your arms outstretched? What does it feel? Do you, do you, I
4: I tell you, you wouldn't be outstretching your arms. I'm wearing ice skins now, and the the wind that it tends to gather the wind. So you 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 try to keep yourself nice and tidy, and nice. t- tuck in under ditches and things to try and get your shots, and keep the camera low on the tripod, and okay. keep trying to keep it dry. So it's a bit of a challenge.
0: Well, but, um, stay safe, Sean, and and
4: Gwaramargot. Gwaramargot
0: ain't no. Uh, so let's see what you're saying no sign of any storm here in Claremorris County Mayo it's as calm here not a whisper of a breeze must have forgotten us uh, great well Monica I wouldn't be too sure of it yet because it, listen to Jerry Murphy and we'll have him on uh, before four o'clock just to get a round up I think it's going to affect most places in the country. So your time will come. Um, Now, quick commercial break. The
2: Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Text 51551. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1.
0: Now, John Egan, he's 31, a former Westmead senior footballer. He's enjoying a new lease of life in the last few weeks thanks to an amazing act of generosity from his father-in-law, Ollie Young. Uh, four weeks ago, yesterday, on the 8th of November, Ollie donated a kidney to John. And both men are in our Athlone studios to tell us the story. Hello, John. How are things? Good. How are you, Ollie? Well, really. uh Good to talk to you. Uh, an amazing story. Um, Ollie, you're some man for one man, and uh, just, uh, just amazing what you did. So, so let's get a bit of background, John, from you first. So, yeah. uh, what age were you when you knew you'd something up with your kidney? Um, I was fifteen when I found
5: out that I had some sort of kidney issue anyway I um, sort of dealt with it through my teens and early twenties and into my mid twenties but it was probably only when I was twenty eight I was told or figured out that it was it was that serious to be honest with you, and that it would have resulted in dialysis and a kidney transplant so mm. uh, as far as I was aware, it was just a kidney issue up until up until then
0: but but you were more than living with it you were you were playing. County football at all levels? Yeah, I was
5: I suppose there was nothing gonna in I suppose there was nothing gonna stop me playing county football, I suppose when you're playing football and you decide that you want to concentrate on, on Gaelic, all you want to do is play with your county. Yeah. So I suppose I did have sort of some symptoms and a couple of issues throughout the years because of the kidneys, but look at I I did get a, a decent stint playing in Westmead, so I'm delighted with that as well. Uh, what's your club? At Lone GAA.
0: Right. And it was in the prep for a season that you discovered that your kidney function was way below what it should be.
5: Yeah, so Jerry Flynn, who's the Westmead doctor, would have given us medicals throughout the years at the start of the year and I think for the previous years you know, there was always a small drop in function but it's nothing was nothing too drastic but at the start of the 2018 season I think there was like a 30% drop and it went down to 27 or 28%. Right. So I decided to look a lot more into it and put me in front of a specialist in Tullamore. And then throughout that season, there was a, a sort of serious de- deterioration in my health and my energy levels. And then going back on medications as well, which which affected everything, you know. And What else? So low energy levels, what else were you seeing? Um, trouble sleeping, um there's this thing that a lot of kidney patients seem to get called restless legs. It's oh, yeah. you tend to get it when you're trying to sleep but your legs feel like they're they're running a marathon, you know, and mm-hmm. you can't you can't settle. I was picking up gout which is extremely painful, and then just serious issues with cramping as well. So any sort of muscle in my
0: body could, could get a cramp after any type of exercise, you know. Okay. And when you were talking to the experts, the consultants, were they saying that dialysis was on the cards and did they say that ultimately you will need a transplant?
5: Yeah, that was it really, I suppose, when I start getting the tests done and I start getting the kidney function on the various levels. it was just a case of going on to medication, see if they can hold it for as long as possible because obviously mm. you want to, they want you to be kept off dialysis for as long as possible because it affects your daily living. But um, yeah, it was sort of told to me in 2018 that at some stage in between three to five years you're going to be expected to, okay. to get a transplant, yeah.
0: Now let's establish the relationship between you and Ollie. Uh, so you met Tracy. Yeah. You were in transition year and was, she was yeah. in fifth year. So slightly yeah. older than you. Yeah, she is a slightly older. Yeah. yeah, that was important at the time. Doesn't really matter now, I suppose. Ah no, it's still important, <laughs> is it right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and Tracy's mum is Dinah. It, that's correct. Yeah. And and not long after you met Tracy, Dinah met Ollie. Is that the way it went? Ollie. Yep, that's it. Yeah, sixteen years ago. Right. I confirmed the timing with John today. <laughs> Did you? Because <remind>, <laughs> dates are important, Ollie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are right. Uh, so you're younger than people would think listening to the radio because immediately when you say 31, father-in-law, maybe late 50s, yeah. 60s, you're actually, f- st- what
6: age? Stepfather-in-law to st- be, I am. But uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> yes, stepfather-in-law
0: so to be, right? I'm for, I'm 41. 41, okay. So, so you've known John for, what, 16 years or so? Yeah, something? 16, 15, 16 years. And yeah.
6: obviously as we, as John got a bit older, I suppose we didn't spend when John is a teenager and I'm in my mid-late 20s we didn't hang out a whole lot but as John got older and started sp- spending more time in our house we spent a lot more time together then Yeah. so um, we got to know each other obviously quite a bit and Tracy over the years as well obviously so
0: yeah and w- would you say you're, you're friends exactly yeah. yeah
6: we're friends you know it's, it's yeah. not like when we chat it's friends when we have a beer or even in the hospital the way we communicate would be you know friends it's not a Say so it's not a caring thing, but it's mates other than a you know, the yeah, different but type of relationship, it's
0: say. not a typical son in law father in law relationship. No, 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 okay, right. Um, so, so you had been aware of John's story around the kidney and the fact that he might at some stage need a kidney transplant, and when did you get inklings that he was putting it out there that somebody? You know, in the extended family or friends might I'd donate say, something.
6: I'd say it was through, um, not that terrible, maybe the earlier part of this year or the end of last year. Like if you meet John out and about, you wouldn't know, but you like you wouldn't have said, Looking at John earlier in the year, God, the chap's not well. John's always well presented in that. But then yeah. I just obviously became aware through Dinah and Tracy that this is the way it's going. And then became aware when they start to, you know, bring in the home transplant machine and see you know, that kind of brings it home <clears throat> for a young couple like that to have that kind of yeah. machinery and like paraphernalia come into the house is, is a tough thing to see and it's something, it's an important time of people's lives, I suppose, in their relationship and their time. So that got me thinking, I guess, to see how is this going to go for John. And, and you went
0: off on a solo run, Ollie.
6: Yeah, I... I did, I didn't, I think, I don't know if I just rang them or I Googled, what what do you do? I don't think I told anyone. I'm not sure if I told my wife or not. I just called the transplant office and you kind of tell them um, in Beaumont who you are and who you're interested in getting checked out for. And then I wasn't sure whether they'd tell me over the phone you're wasting your time, but um, they didn't. They're very, extremely nice to deal with up there. They're really great people. So um, they made an appointment to go for a chat before they do any medicals. So I went up, that was kind of, I'd say mid-August. It's a pretty quick turnaround. Mm. Like but it was mid-August um, when I called. And then you go up um, about two weeks later for um, a, a chat and initial bloods. And then that kind of starts it from there. And then once it come back, that your blood and tissue match, it kind of ramps
0: up a little bit from there. So you were doing, as I say, a solo run. Uh, no, Dinah may have known, but John definitely and Tracy didn't know. Mm. Um and at what stage then did you reveal?
6: Um, I'd say when I went to God, it was late. I think when I when they do the the blood and tissue match um, is one thing. I think I I did let them know after that match was there because obviously not been a blood relation. Um, hmm. I can't remember what the possibility of a match was been, but it's I kind of said, "What's the chances it's been a match to um, Andrea, um, the girl?" And she kind of said, "You'd be surprised. It, you know, can happen. Don't think it's not going to happen." So once that came back, I kind of let them know um, I'm a match. But that's only the first step. There's an, you know, extraordinary amount of small medical issues that people kind of had through their lives that rule them out. of being been able to donate mm-hmm. a kidney. In, you know, pretty insignificant things to your health can mean you're not a possible donor. So, okay.
0: and John, all this time there were other people saying they might be available to offer you a kidney if they went through the whole rigor of the testing process.
5: Yeah, there was. I'd say look at this there's only probably four or five that I know of right. there may have been others obviously you're never told anything generally by the individual who's going forward or Beaumont definitely won't say anything to you so there may be more um, I think there was there was a fair few or out of that group that were rejected just at the at the initial call to Beaumont for whatever reason you know that wouldn't be explained to me and then there was I suppose my godfather Jimmy as well who I have to thank for making the call as well he at least got to a different stage with bloods, but unfortunately it turned out that right. there was a, there was an issue in the blood, so he couldn't go forward, but upstepped Ollie anyway.
0: I know it's glib to say it, but you know it's the thought that counts. These people were willing to, you know, offer yeah. up a kidney for you.
5: Yeah, uh, no, it's unbelievable. And yeah. Obviously Ollie's done the job, um, yes, but yeah. I suppose for everyone who even made the call, there's some people that I know of, and there's maybe there's people that I don't know of, but, you know... I'll never be able to tell them how much they appreciate
0: it. You know, even just making that call. Yeah, I, I, I'm interested to to know what's going on in your head because it's impossible. Like you can imagine what's going through their heads, but but you're the recipient. But that they are giving you a kidney. They're giving you a part of their body. I'm I'm always fascinated by this and amazed. Uh, what were you thinking about the people who were coming forward and eventually Ollie?
5: It's hard to put into words, really, you know, it's 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 very surreal, you know, because I'm in a bubble of where I'm I'm feeling unwell and I have these issues. But then just to have Ollie, like I'll never forget the day Ollie called me and said that he was just a match, like the weight off my shoulders was absolutely unbelievable. You know, um, hmm. I suppose for the last for the eight months or nine months previous when I was on dialysis, you know, every time your phone rings, you're just praying that it's a call from Beaumont that... Unfortunately, there's a deceased donor there waiting for you or whatever, mm. but it's, it, it's hard to put into words all of it, you know. And when that call came from, Ollie, you'd had a particularly bad week. Yeah, so I was struggling with the dialysis for anyone who's on dialysis and you're hooked up to a machine and it affects your sleep. You know, it affects your, your life really in general. It's great for keeping your kidney function good but um it affects you in other ways and just the machine was breaking down in the middle of the night and was causing Gosh. me to be up for two or three hours doing different forms of dialysis so I was really at the end of my tether with dialysis that week but on thank God on the Friday yeah. afternoon it ended very positively with the call from Ollie what, what
6: do you remember about that call, Ollie?
5: I know he didn't answer
6: the first time I called right. I think he knew he I was asleep. It. <laughs> <laughs> he was half expecting a call I'd say and um yeah I just And I was just off the phone To Beaumont um, I called I called Dinah first And maybe she had a missed call from me too Anyway I so said I'd give John a call straight away And just um Let him know Like I said Because I knew it would have been On his mind And probably wanted to get it Off my mind too Or you know Out to somebody else So um Yeah that was it It wasn't a terribly Long call obviously You know It was it's probably such a big deal it's hard to talk about it for long when you're on the call with someone Then they know have got obviously text after from Tracy straight away as to what it means to them and stuff. So, yeah. you know, it's a it's a big thing for them, obviously. Well,
0: it's a big thing for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what is interesting, I think, will be interesting for people is to know that the two teams are completely separate. As mm-hmm. in the team who are dealing with you to take your kidney out and the team, the transplant team, they're completely separate.
6: Yeah, to the people who deal with um. So my team, say, Andrea, my liaison officer, um, the liaison nurse um, is separate my you know obviously to communicate towards the end. yeah of course in yeah, touch. Yeah, yeah. but through the way you know I'd ask um, you know will someone let John know this and they'll say no that's completely up to you if you want to let John know it's up to you but we don't we keep that separate which is good for I guess anyone thinking of doing what I've done you know there's opportunities to go to go through the process and see how you feel about it without feeling you're committed you know there is lots of um, options along the way where you're giving a where you're given a a pass if you're if you don't feel you're able for it and they give you lots of that opportunity. It's not a pressurized process at all.
0: So it's they're 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 not constantly, but they're occasionally asking you, "Are you sure this is what you want to do?" There's no problem if you don't want to do it.
6: Yeah, um, more than occasionally, like frequently, because I think right. it's probably a big part of it. They don't want to, they don't, uh, you know, they don't downplay the significance of the operation, but yeah. they do give you all the stats and bits and pieces that it give me more than enough confidence to think it wouldn't have any um, impact on me.
0: And was there any stage along the way where you thought uh, maybe, maybe not? No. No? no.
6: There wasn't, no. <clears throat> you know, and that's something don't want to burst John's bubble but like I've got a lot of, I've got a wide extended family and kind of group of friends that I would do, that I would do the same for and do mm. it now but you know it's no. just because it's, it's something I've got good confidence in my health and my healing and all that good stuff so
0: it's something that didn't really um Something I didn't think about for long at all. Okay. Really. So so John um Ollie was given two dates, uh, yeah. one in December and the 8th of November. And, and this was in October, was it when he went? No.
5: Yeah, October, yeah. yeah. I'd say early October.
0: Right. So yeah. it was as you said earlier on happening at pace.
5: Yeah, no it was it was unbelievable to be honest. Um I was ready to rock, you know, when Ollie sort of gave the the go ahead, um, that he was a match and that he was 100% on for it, you know, whatever Ollie wanted. Um, I was happy with, but it just turned out that November 8 suited Ollie, and you know, I was just ready to. At that stage, I was ready to jump at any opportunity to to do to have the transplant, you know. So it was great the way it worked out. I know there was some days in December and looking at the way things are now who knows what would have happened if we pushed it out to this month so yeah yeah, I was delighted
0: So so, uh, Sunday four weeks ago uh, you went up to Beaumont and then you were prepped yesterday morning four weeks ago Yeah that's it yeah And, And where are ye with respect to each other in the hospital? We're literally
5: across and down the hall probably about 20 20 steps 20 feet yeah right um so yeah i think for both of us having each other there in the hospital was definitely a big help in terms of even just recovery and just calmness after the operation and things like that you know there was people there who were going through transplants who were in there by themselves and look at it is it's a it's a tough week and it's a tough initial couple of days once you do have the operation because you're very sore and your mind's racing and you're emotional but to be able to just go down to ollie every couple of hours or whatever, just to say hello and see how you're feeling just was, was
0: was brilliant. And John, did you ever say to Ollie, you know, are you sure?
5: I can't remember, but maybe, you know, it's, to be honest with you. No, he the, the, the <laughs> did, he? did he, Ollie? No, he didn't. No, right, right. <laughs> I, I was trying to get him up to the hospital <laughs> yeah. that Friday rang me. <laughs> yeah. No, I
6: think he knew, in, in fairness, he, he knew, you know, we're both very... Yeah. Like calm about it. It was yeah. it was a relaxed situation. There was no and it's a it's a specific ward, obviously, and it's the staff and they're extremely experienced, they're specific staff to that ward and everyone keeps it very um calm. Calm and that you know it's a it's a very yeah. nice setup, yeah.
0: Yeah. But all that being said, John, and you're a calm man, you play county senior county uh, football for Westmeath when you when you were playing. That morning was obviously fraught. That was Yeah. The nervous <laughs> time for you.
5: They, they had us up at probably five or half, five yeah. prodding and probing for bloods and testing just to make sure, because even up until that time, if there's something that comes back in the bloods, they might pull the plug on it. So um, I actually fell back to sleep and I woke up at about eight or quarter past eight and I was like, Jesus Christ, am I after missing Ollie? <laughs> so um, I shouted for the nurse and she just said, he's just about to go down now. So I hopped up out of bed and Ollie just met me at the door in his in his gown and there was the bed there and all the nurses and people to, to cart them down to the operating theatre and then th- to be honest with you that was the first time in the month or so leading up to it that I that I got nervous just seeing Ollie going down and people around him looking after him and um yeah so waiting for me to go down the time from Ollie going down to me going down it was yeah. it was nerve-wracking and there was panic attacks coming in and things like that you're just trying to hide from the nurses just to to Keep
0: calmed, you know, yeah. And now, was there any final words of you know what was the, the final exchange before I think,
6: the- I think it was a fist pump, John? Because yeah, I went down yeah. to him, I knew he was eventually going to wake up at some stage. And I, I, w- <laughs> I went down to him, and I think at that stage, like John said, you would start to like I'd be a pretty calm person, um, but. I think when we're down that time it was just a fist bump and kind of a look at each other saying we're not going to talk here now so okay. that's kind of it was kind of
0: And and then the, the, there's a little bit of not panic but concern because y- you have a one in five situation with your kidneys um Ollie there's an extra valve or something isn't there an extra oh, tube yeah, or
6: some extra tube that takes a bit longer so I think right. that took a bit of um no they could they don't need to connect it or something if they don't have to but um I think they did I think that um left John a bit longer so I think right. I was up and speaking to people it's quite a quick recovery. I know my um, liaison officer, um, Andre, was in that morning and said, listen, you're going to feel like you got hit by a bus in the afternoon, but don't worry, you're going to come out of it pretty quick. But it actually felt fine. But then I guess um, John was a good bit longer coming out of the operation yeah. recovery and stuff than expected. So I think his family were starting to panic a bit. So
0: It's mad because it is plumbing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is amazing. Yeah. So... You, it took longer but you wake up the next day and uh, inside your body you have uh, Ollie young's kidney yeah a big big lump of a kidney down <laughs> down the bottom of my stomach so i won't
5: be uh, forgetting about it any time soon and they leave the other ones in there that's is not that, yeah, the, that do, the
0: case yeah. Yeah. yeah the other two are still there
5: yeah so three kidneys
0: three kidneys and, and what happens to to Ollie's kidney now when it's inside you what what were you told happens I don't know, look at it, it was... Does it grow or uh, does it, you know, does it... Yeah, it could grow, but even my function,
5: my kidney function is gone. I'd say going into the operation, it was maybe 6 or 7%. It was kept at that stage with the dialysis, but it's up to 54% wow. now, so...
0: Four weeks on.
5: Yeah, four and weeks on.
0: How immediate is the change to you, John?
5: To be honest with you, you hear these stories about feeling it straight away and, and things like that. And to be honest with you, that Tuesday, I felt different, you know, mm. um, in my skin and how I felt. Just general fatigue was gone. I was sore, obviously, from the operation, very sore. But um, just even muscle-wise, um, fatigue-wise, my skin felt different. I got a complexion back in my skin, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, apart from the soreness from Tuesday onwards, I was and feeling And did you have it. a
0: good old slash?
5: Jesus, I at one stage, one <laughs> night so I, after, after, asleep, yeah, down, him after him the operation, to I was shouting for the nurse, wondering what's going on here, because I never went to the toilet like it. You know, thank <laughs> God I had a catheter in. I thought it was flooding the ward,
0: like a, like a horse. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, it was great though. I've never been so happy to, to go to the toilet as much. But mm-hmm. well, it's not. That, well, that's the perfect way to to, to finish up. I think. Um, yeah. And and just finally, um, the relationship between the two E. And I know it's only four weeks on, but it is very special what has happened between the two E. And and do you think it'll change things, John? We're
5: we're definitely going to be closer, you know. Yeah. Um, do you know, sure, for the rest of my life, there's always going to be a, a part of Ollie in, <laughs> in, in me, do you know. So, um, no, look, at as I said, I'll never be able to thank Ollie enough. And I think I said in a couple of other interviews, just from being with Ollie the last month, he's had such a calming influence before and after that. Do you know, if I was to handpick one person probably in, in the world that I could have gone through this with, it would be Ollie, do you know. So it was, it was unbelievable. And look, we're going to be close forever, you know. Right.
0: Uh, well, thanks so much for coming into our Thelon studio and, and sharing the story with us. And I know, John, yourself and Tracy are getting married next year in June. June, um, fingers crossed. Yeah, we yeah. might catch up with you then to see how you're going then. So, uh, John great. Egan, Ollie Young, thank you very much. Mind yourselves, lads. See, see you. Ya. Right. Bye. Bye. The
2: Bye. Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1 at Radio Ray RTE. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1.
0: Now we found that Barry's tea ad and we played it out to you just after the nook at four o'clock. But right now we're joining the studio from Metairn by Jerry Murphy. How are you doing, Jerry? Hi, Ray. You're a busy man today. Um, uh, so we were talking to Sheaford there in Clare in five minutes' time there in a red uh, weather warning in Clare. And Cork and Kerry continue to be under a red warning. Isn't that correct?
7: Yes, Cork and Kerry continue to be under a red warning up till 9pm, 9, 9 then the red warning continues in Clare up to midnight and then as I said it, the, the warnings then are orange really then for Galway, Mayo and then at 8pm this evening a, an orange level kicks in for Sligo and Leitrim and at 2am Uh, later on tonight then an orange level wind warning kicks in for Donegal and that warning lasts until 2pm tomorrow which means which indicates that the storm is still ongoing both overnight and for a
0: good time tomorrow. Has it stalled over Ireland or is it moving across the country very slowly?
7: It's moving very slowly and the storm centre is actually moving over the country. So, you haven't heard any reports really very much about places like the North Midlands, Cavan, oh, No, I Ulster. see
0: Mohill, all calm here in Mohill. Somebody was on from Mullingar earlier on, says so nothing there. No bothering Clare Morris. These are all coming in. Yeah,
7: these are all coming in because the eye of the storm is crossing these areas at the moment. But as that eye of the storm pushes further to the east and the northeast, then behind it, to the south and the west of it, the winds are kicking up. So, currently, that's why this morning it was Kerry Cork now it's kicking into Clare this evening Galway Mayo and tonight then those inland counties Clare Morris the inland regions yeah, Mullingar yeah. as we go through tonight the winds are going to pick up in those areas significantly so this storm isn't it's, it's, there, we do sometimes have storms that give us a blast for a few hours and disappear but this is not one of them it's going to get very windy in different parts of the country at different times as we go through to- tonight. But for those inland regions that haven't been really mentioned much through the day, really from about 6pm in the south midlands, parts of Tipper- Tipperary, awfully, that's when it's going to start off biting those areas. And then as we go through the night, further to the north all the time. And really in the second half of the night after midnight, virtually an awful lot of the country inland as well as coastal will have some very strong winds.
0: Okay, and that's hugely important that we get that message out because as you say, we're used to something happening within sort of 12 hours, Mm -hmm. but this is over 24 hours.
7: Yes, it is. And one thing that we've been emphasising all day is to check the website and check the warnings because sometimes you get a blanket warning and the winds will come and go. But in this instance, the timing of those warnings are very important because they kick in at different times by virtue of the slow-moving nature of the storm. So, as I said, for the rest of this afternoon, Kerry and Cork still very much in the, in the firing line. Clare kicking in at the moment. The wind's increasing there and increasing in West Galway at the moment. And then this evening as we go on up through Galway, Mayo and then later on this evening, early tonight, Sligo, Leitrim and then Donegal overnight. But all the while while that's happening, the inland areas, the winds, which are still at level, yellow level, but they'll be increasing as well so it's going to become increasingly windy over land as well. And what about the east coast? The east coast then at the moment it will see the winds easing now for this evening but then once again they're going to increase tonight as well. So again, South Leinster, first of all, early tonight. But then as we move on through the night and after midnight especially, the Dublin region, Wicklow, Dublin, on up into County Meath, very strong winds there as well later on tonight and into tomorrow morning. In fact, the winds stay very strong in Dublin tomorrow morning as well.
0: Okay, so if you haven't anchored down your trampoline in the back garden, now is a good time to do it.
7: Um, now is a good time to do it if the warning hasn't kicked off for you. Yes. So there's a few places that you could do it, but for many parts of the country at this stage, uh, don't go outside. Don't go outside, yes. basically. yeah, basically.
0: No, I wrestled with a trampoline in bad weather before and it's a scary, scary prospect.
7: Oh, it's a scary yes. the prospect. There is a, a, a picture floating around on social media of a trampoline in, in I think it's in Tala. it was a photograph where it's basically after flying away. Right. And at this point uh, in those, where, where the where the warnings are, Orange and where the, where the weather is serious at the moment, you're better off. Whatever happens at this point happens. Stay inside and you will be safe.
0: Okay. Jerry uh, Murphy, thanks so much. That's Jerry from Met MetAaron. Anish Toshin and the Priest Skeleton and Nook to the Mariani Hulu One. Grandma, good. Thanks very much, Marian. Um, And John, Jim Fitzgibbon has been on from Athlone. That's the most beautiful interview to hear. John Egan and Ollie, uh, you've lifted the country, says Jim. Uh, Perhaps John could transfer clubs to Mullingar slashers, says that person. And imagine having to put up with your father-in-law taking the piss out of you, literally, for the rest of your life, because that's what the kidney does. That's its function, isn't it? In the body, it is. Um, and we are in Limerick on Cork border and the wind and rain is horrendous here it's been dark all day not looking forward to a night of this says Clare in Limerick um, and we were talking there about uh, Bannerhur it doesn't be Bannerhur and that brought to mind uh, the Barry's Tea ad I thought it was the Lion's Tea is the Barry's Tea ad and then we thought we'd better play it for you and now we have the short and the long version but uh, look we've, we've time in our hands so, so here it is um, see what this does for you and let us know
8: There's something about Christmas There's something about it that creeps inside and finds the child in you. I was having a look around the shops to see what Santa might be bringing the boys, and there was this train set, old-style black engine with maroon stripe, green and black carriages, all set up like... and the sound it made. Soft, yet it cut right through all the space-agey screeches in the place. And I remembered another Christmas morning. Waking up, the windows frosted over with cold... You could see your breath. And the thing that woke me was that sound. And I didn't dare hope. Sliding out of bed, cold at the floor. And there it was, going round and round on the bedroom rug. I ran down, could Dad, barely speak. Mum and Dad were sitting there. What is? The thing? teapot covered in that knitted cosy and the smell of hot, Dad, milky tea. you guess what Santa brought. You'll never guess what Santa brought, I said. Well, doesn't that big well, banner? Doesn't that bait banner said my man. No no the train set no less. Isn't Santa the smart fellow? Turn the moment gold with Barry's Goldblend blend tea. So last night when I came home with the train set, Mary couldn't believe oh, it. Martin,
2: that's not what she doesn't
8: know was not what they wrong. wanted at all. She said, "Santa'll bring them what they want." I said, "This is from me." Put the kettle on. We'll have a cup of tea.
0: That lovely. And Michael Cullen has been on. How are you doing, Michael? Barry's Tea Train Set was the work of the late and great copywriter Catherine Donnelly back in 1994. 1994? 27 years old. Uh, It was done for the Irish International Ad Agency, now known as BBDO in Dublin. The voiceover was the late Irish stage actor Peter Caffrey, uh, known for his roles in Ballicus Angel and Bracken. uh, A much-loved classic. And uh, Carl, yeah, Peter Caffrey, you're right and uh, Peter Caffrey says Neil as well um, and there it is, it's 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 a very evocative um, ad uh, brilliant I would say, brilliant, yes OK Mailing In The Ears, which we've just done a bit of and now we're going to do more of it, we've got bits of songs, news reports, TV shows and movies, two people lined up to answer three questions each on our clips, Mailing In The Ears we call it um, The Rules you get two points for a short clip because it's a little bit more difficult and you get one clip for an easier long clip so two points for a short clip one point for a long clip and there is a prize there is lovely prize Uh, you could win a cliff gift uh, of an exceptional countryside break for two people at Cliff at Lyons in Kildare two night break for two people with breakfast on both mornings and dinner on one evening in the Mill Restaurant 30 minutes from Dublin City Centre uh, ideal location for a relaxing break away with all fresh country air canal walks you can find out more cliffhome.ie and you can also see their full range of stylish and thoughtful Christmas gifts and vouchers cliffhome.ie Bridget O'Neill hello good afternoon Tim Ray yeah, we we speak we will speak every year at this time because yeah, absolutely, <laughs> this is our annual get together. <laughs> get together. So so last year you were looking for help from Neville Maguire because you were yes. cooking Christmas dinner. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and and how did it go in the end?
9: Yeah, well, it went it went very well, but we actually ended up uh, doing kind of like a drive by because obviously I uh, my mother was ninety one and we didn't want to expose her and. So brought around to my brother's house, she sat in the car and I opened the window and they came out and we exchanged presents and we came back home and then we just had a small crown of for ourselves.
0: Aha, uh-huh. And and how has the year been, British?
9: Oh yeah. Well not you know, nothing exciting about it, you know. Plenty of gardening and lots of growing of vegetables and things like that. But And
0: nothing, your mother nothing. your mother's still with you? Yeah, my mother does. We're going on two years now. Oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um, uh, Pass on our best regards to her. I will do, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Now, you're up against uh, Charlie O'Connor in Tremor in County Waterford. How are you doing, Charlie?
1: Hello, good, how are you?
0: Charlie is a girl, yes.
1: Charlie Uh, is a girl, yeah. So
0: tell me about that and the conversations you had with your parents about calling you Charlie. I think they liked um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> oh, is that it? Right. But they, you couldn't have liked it as a baby. They, they had to name you Charlie before you, you were watching movies on the telly.
1: Was, I don't know where it came from at all.
0: Yeah. And how has it suited you over the years?
1: I don't mind it. It's not too bad. I just, I don't know many other female Charlie. No,
0: no. Uh, there's an actor, isn't there? Charlie Murphy. There's an actor, Charlie Murphy, yes. Uh, your, Tremor, I'd say it's, it's mad down there, is it? With, with The Storm.
1: Oh yeah, it's crazy. You can't really go out in the garden even.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and have you seen, the, can you see the sea from where you are? No.
1: Yes, we can. <laughs>
0: right. How big, if, the, how, um, how big are the waves?
1: I wouldn't go swimming anyway. <laughs> no, no,
0: that's, a, <laughs> that's a wise decision, Charlie. very wise <laughs> decision. Uh, what do you do for a living?
1: I am um, I work at a lab testing blood. Right. The hospital.
0: Okay. Uh, n- not COVID specific, no?
1: No, not... Um, Specifically,
0: no. No. Uh, and you're living at home with your mum, Susan, and your brother, Jack. Um, I
1: am, yeah.
0: And a big move in 2022, I believe, planned. Hopefully. Go on.
1: Uh, hopefully me and um, my boyfriend, Jake, can move out, finally.
0: Right. Now, that's the plan for, for early next year well good luck Hopefully, with that yes. good luck with that and good luck to you Thank both you. in the quiz uh, you know the rules by now uh, we've three clips each if you decide to go for a short clip you get two points and if you go for a longer clip which is easier you get one point and whoever has the most points at the end uh, is the winner if it's a draw we go to a tie break situation okay good luck Bridget good luck Charlie here we go good luck Charlie good luck Bridget okay uh, Bridget the year is 2004 17 years ago And we start off on the big screen. So do you want to go long or short?
9: Uh, I will go short for the screen.
0: Right, okay. Please. This was the top animated movie, the top animated movie of 2004. Can you name it? And this is your short clip for two points. A new suit? But where the heck am I gonna get a new suit?
6: You can't, it's impossible.
0: The top animated movie of 2004. Bridget. Uh,
9: um, something in Boots?
0: No. No, I honestly didn't know. No, The Incredibles. The Incredibles, okay. they were a family of superheroes. Okay, Thanks. early days, no panic. Charlie, uh, still in 2004, we're on the big screen. Still, do you want to go short or long?
1: Um, What's the, the 1.1 again?
0: No, you go, if, if, if you go for a long clip, it means you hear more of what we're asking you about. So it's more likely to get it. You see okay, what I'm we'll saying? Okay, we'll
1: go short.
0: You go short. It's a short clip. Okay. Uh, can you name the comedy sequel starring Ben Stiller that was a huge box office hit in 2004? Here's your clip from the movie. It's a short clip. You're going for two points. Here we go. Son, that is bullcrap in a chef's salad. So a comedy sequel starring Ben Stiller.
1: Oh, meet the meet the
0: fuckers. <laughs> it's the correct answer. Yes, well and, uh, done. <laughs> yeah, uh, it also starred Robert De Niro, Dustin Hoffman, and Barbra Streisand. And you get your two points. Right, good start from Charlie, Bridget. Uh, still in two thousand and four. It's music for your second question. So, what do you think? Are you going to go long or short? I am going to go long. You're going to go long. Okay. Yeah. Can you name the song or the singer on this Irish singer-songwriter hit? So, an Irish singer-songwriter. And you're going to go along for one point and here is your clip. And so it is Just
7: like you said it would be
0: Life goes easy on me Now... So, the name of the singer, or the song? Ooh,
9: um, I'm not sure, but, um... Yeah, I, I, I don't actually know, so I'm, I'm going to say, um... Ooh, um...
0: Any idea? Irish singer-songwriter? I, I
9: I don't really know. I, no. I was going to...
0: I'm going to say Dermot Kennedy, but I know it's not him. No, he, he wasn't around back then. Yeah. Well, he and was, he, but he, he wasn't, he wasn't uh, on the he scene, wasn't, yeah. on the music scene. Yeah. Uh, Damien Rice. I suppose Damien Rice was the Dermot Kennedy of that year. He His album mm-hmm. O was huge. And that's Blower's Daughter. Okay. Uh, Charlie, um, 2004 for you, music. Um, do you want to go short or long?
1: Um, I might go short.
0: You're going to go short again. Okay. And if you get this right... Um, Bridget can't catch you because you'll be on four and Bridget will only have one question to go. Okay. Can you name the song title or the singer on this, again, Irish singer-songwriter hit from 2004 and you're going short and here it is for two points.
10: Well, anyone can lose it all.
0: Well, that Charlie... Oh
1: my God, what's like that song?
0: <laughs> yeah. No. Is it coming? Are you not going to hear it? Yes. Okay. Paddy Casey. It is Paddy Casey, Saints and Sinners. It is Paddy Casey. You get two points. It was there in the recesses of your brain, Bridget. Um, just,
1: Congratulations, Charlie. Yeah. Thank you, Bridget. Sorry.
0: The year and the clips um, didn't didn't suit you. We're going to send you out a couple of Ray D'Arcy show mugs. Thanks very much. And and I hope you have a, a lovely Christmas. Thank you. Thanks, Bridget. Mind yourself, see you. Bye, bye, bye. bye, bye, bye. bye. Uh, Bridget, or sorry, Charlie O'Connor and Tremor, well done.
1: Thank you. Thanks to my mum. She literally just came back and heard me. And she Did She, she, she got that one.
0: Yeah, well, well done, mum. And and uh, yourself, and I don't know, it might be a fight between Jake and your mum. But uh, you and somebody else <laughs> are off to Clifford Lines in Kildare uh, for a two night wow, stay. You. It, oh, thank you. Ray. Love the show. <laughs> That's Susan there in the background. <laughs> cliffhome.ie. Cliffhome.ie. You can look up there and see what's in store for you. Uh, well done, Charlie. Very much. Okay. See Merry you, Susan. Christmas. Bye. Merry Christmas. See you. Bye. 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 The Bye. The
2: Rave <laughs> Show on RTE Radio One. Email ray at rte.ie. Ray Darcy
0: Show on RTE Radio one uh, Mary O'Neill from Athlone has been on. What a wonderful story of generosity uh, and hope. Thank you, John and Ollie, for sharing your brave journey with us as Mary. Um, and on the weather, the wind is really bad here in South Wexford and we have no power. Um, uh, thank God for radios with batteries. That's Mary Hegarty. How are you, Mary? And uh, Cork, safety alert, saying a rogue trampoline near Lotta Beg in Mayfield and it shows a trampoline on the roof of a couple of bungalows and uh, Ollie says that's my favourite ad ever and somebody else says always brings a lump to my throat so nostalgic says that person yeah yeah you'd have to Paddy Casey, Saints and Sinners on RT Radio 1. Great song, Annette says, the winds have really picked up here in Ratoth, County Meath, and you can actually smell the tea and feel the warmth of the kitchen, says Turns Power about the Barry's Tea ad. Now, uh, Waterford Whispers News has been the source of satirical comedy for over 10 years, with headlines that make us laugh out loud, often echoing how we all may be feeling about the world we live in. Uh, particularly about our politicians uh, on the publication of their annual book we're joined now by creator Colin Wilkinson how you doing Colm? Hey Ray, how are you? Good to talk to you Yeah, all good I, how was, are ju- you up I there? was just thinking I was just thinking about yeah, us and satire and we have a long tradition of it Flann O'Brien, Hall's Victoria Weekly on the telly Scratch Saturday on the radio there isn't a lot mm-hmm. of it about, bar yourselves do you feel the, the pressure? No, it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's not. You're right. There's, there's, there's not much uh,
10: in, in the way of, like, websites and that, but, um, you know, there's a few Twitter accounts out there, and you have Oliver Callan as well, who does great work on uh, RT, yes. but, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a lot of pressure, I suppose.
0: <laughs> and uh, So it's ten, over 10 years now?
10: It's, it's 2009, so it's 12, 12, years. 12 years.
0: And how many books yeah. is it?
10: Uh, we, uh, this is our eighth and uh, then we have nine signed for next year as well so yeah going strong
0: and and, and it's a perfect stocking filler and it'll bring a smile to people's faces actually it'll make them do more than that it'll make them laugh yeah Yeah. and we're living in crazy times as everybody knows and and is it more difficult to lampoon and, and satire things when they're a bit crazy well it is
10: yeah i suppose with with covid and that it's it's kind of repetitive news isn't it it's looping it's mm. it's the same thing every every two or three months but uh yeah it's just making us more creative i suppose and in, uh, you know, covering that kind of news. But uh, yeah, it's tough the last few years. Uh, it's just uh, trying to keep on top of, you know, uh, restrictions and changes. And it's good fodder for us. But yeah. Uh, yeah. There's it's a great, tough. and, and
0: I, I better remind people that this is a satirical book, that things that I might say are, are satire. They're not factual. Uh, but Just in case somebody comes in and they hear me saying something like, government picks new restriction measures from Raffledrum. <laughs> <See that? laughs> people must feel that you see, you say what people are thinking but you put it you put it together brilliantly thank you yeah. thank you uh, so there's three yeah. working on it three working on
10: it three, three of us uh, there's myself uh, Carl who's in Dublin and Jerry, who's also in Dublin so we all work remotely I'm based in Tremor here um, you can probably hear the wind beaten into the window here. But uh, yeah, yeah, so we we all kind of work from home. It's yeah. great. So it, it's no change to us. You know, we've been working from home for, for years. Uh, and I actually got an office there in, in October. So everyone was moving out of offices and I moved into one. So it's good. It's good
0: to be out. Yeah, yeah. Good to be out of the house. And tell us about Bill yeah. Bob Woody. Bill Badbody, right, right, okay. Bill Badbody, he's 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 a
10: head of the Irish Landlord League. So he's he's also our sub editor. He's a parody. He's a parody of. I suppose the most awful human being going uh, he's a landlord uh, you know he, he well, owns a lot lots of landlords properties. a lot
0: of landlords aren't awful human beings but I know what oh, you're they're saying not. yes yes, no. yes, yes.
10: <laughs> yeah yeah he's, 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 he's like one of those you know he's a big portfolio and he's just into making lots of money and uh, yeah he, he thinks nothing else about you know it's just all money for him yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: so as well as the, and I'm going to go through some of the, my favourite headlines if you don't mind but you also do predictions mm-hmm. for next year um, uh, mm-hmm. so uh, predictions the Irish government say the housing crisis won't be solved overnight for the 11th year running <laughs> Yeah, if it wasn't so sad it'd be funny but it is funny that's the thing isn't it yeah. and you also go yeah, to, you, you do a tour of the counties is that, is that new or did you oh, do that yeah. every year
10: no we kind of do that on and off yeah through the books uh, kind of guide or a uh, guide to say Dublin and that uh, yeah so county guide for instance county knowledge we called it uh, we've won there in Monaghan we could find no facts about Monaghan that the people of that county would willingly share with us so you know we just do kind of funny <laughs> funny little bits and that and yeah. uh, about
0: yeah. my own county County Kildare known as Ireland's premier equine county one in four people in Kildare in fact are horses <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Carlo, despite its name, the price of cars in the county remains stubbornly high. <laughs> See, I, that's silly. <laughs> Longford. Longford was formed by joining two short Fords end to end. See they they're you know, they're they're great. I was just reading about in the office, everyone was laughing. Uh yeah. Brilliant. Um yeah. And, and this is one that hit home with us because, we, we, you know, we've Connor Pope on every Monday. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Man dead for weeks was still waiting for air customer service to answer.
10: That's real experience there,
0: yeah. Yeah. And that's what you did. You've, you've, you've tapped into people's experience, you know, the, 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 at home and waiting on the line trying to get their, their telephone fixed or their broadband fixed. Um, and, and that seems exactly. to have struck a chord with people. Yeah, um, a lot of the stuff is
10: observational kind of humor, you know, uh, like uh, local dose into the whiskey now, you know, uh, things like that. You know, just just things that are kind of. There's a lot of the stories they wouldn't be say, time-specific, yeah. you know, as we call them, evergreen stories that, you know, hopefully will last for
0: <laughs> a now, while. I can hear the wind there down in Tremor. Um, it, it's it's yeah. battered by the wind at the best of times, so when there's a storm, it's, it's doubly bad. But I know that Tremor <laughs> has, has a, a Japanese gardens.
10: It does have a Japanese garden and uh, we, uh, we actually have a story in the book where we have uh, the first Irish gardens opening in uh, Japan. So uh, <laughs> there's some good news there.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, Kildare, is uh, just just to let you know, just in case you get notions down there in Chamore, Kildare has oh, yeah. the most famous Japanese garden in Ireland. You know that. Oh really? Yes, oh, I. Better yeah. than Shmoo, oh, I it? would huh? say. Huh? I would say, if there was a battle, if there was a Japanese Garden off, if the, <laughs> if ever there was one, I think Kildare would win. I think people will agree with me on that. Uh, oh, th- 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 I love this. You'd miss Trump all the same. Study finds. <laughs> Or fine study. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah almost yeah. the full week passes without release of superhero movie. It does seem like that, doesn't it? Yeah. It does but, it, Yeah. And then post Brexit, local woman's order from UK expected to arrive within three to 478 working days.
10: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some past experience there, too. Uh, yeah. A lot of it is like, you know, personal experience and stuff. Um,
0: yeah. And yeah. Do, you, do you make each other laugh, Colin? oh we do all that's the time that's essentially like I <laughs> yeah,
10: yeah. yeah it is we do a lot of debating you know uh, in the mornings because we we would kind of compete with each other on headlines and what's the best headline to go so it's quite a bit of fun just Trying to beat each other and hmm. uh, you know getting the right headline, and then we'd all kind of chip in sometimes in the stories as well. So yeah, it's it's a good good system. I and
0: think. I would imagine some of them are binned because they're too harsh, mean. Are they or? Oh yeah,
10: yeah. Oh, they are. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of that. <laughs> a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even tell you the headlines.
0: <laughs> but, but but it's important, you see, that that we have a go, isn't it? That's that's satire's place. Yeah. We need to be able to. What? have a go at the sort of the sacred cows mm-hmm. it's, it's
10: just there to spark debate and you know get people thinking talking and you know just just generally uh, shining a light maybe on a story that or an angle that they haven't seen um, yeah. or didn't think of you know so that we're constantly trying to think of you know new ways of presenting whatever it is the new story is of the day so it's it's uh, obviously as I said it before it's quite a struggle lately with the same news just reoccurring and the same, you know, issues with government reoccurring but look, nothing changes. So no, but,
0: but things have changed but. you see since the beginning of the lockdown and, and this points to yeah. A new scheme that pays people not to start a podcast unveiled. <laughs>
10: it's kind of ironic. We're, we're going to start a podcast ourselves <laughs> <laughs> In and then, March. So, uh, yeah.
0: Irish couples gender reveal party cancelled following calls to cop on you see I love that expression Cop on Cop on yeah And yeah. then there, the, the, the more serious ones there um, uh, Society feeling pretty stupid For blaming church and state And uh, <laughs> and that one there about uh, What's the one uh, the government, government hires sheep farmers To herd workers back to offices That's not it I was looking for something else Anyway there's another one there About a man who's online all the time And you are online So that, that says Oh yeah uh, Man who spends day Arguing with strangers online Not sure why he feels so miserable that's true isn't it It is It is <laughs> Listen uh, Colin thanks uh, for taking time out for our annual chat Thanks Ray uh, And the annual annual or book uh, yeah. for Whispers News is in bookshops now uh, Thanks so much Thanks Colin Mind yourself Have a good Christmas That's Colin Wilkinson there That's it from us uh, Cormac O'Hara and John Cook are on the way We are back tomorrow at three o'clock Enjoy the rest and stay safe of your Tuesday evening
9: It's the Ray
1: Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1